Well, welcome. This is another uh, time we can get together and uh, talk about the Bible and the things of the Lord. So glad you tuned in this morning. Um, and I'm here at the radio with my good friend David Abu. David, welcome. hey, great to be here, John. And another another time that we can, uh, you know, it was very yeah. interesting. The past month or so, we had some really significant guests uh, came yes. on yes. as far as way as South uh -huh. Africa. And it looks like in a couple of weeks we'll have some interesting guests from the other side of the world again. So, but we are happy for each one of the you two did today. Mm -hmm. uh, this is WZN uh, at uh, 89.1 FM on your radio station. If you have any problem, uh, you can live stream us. And uh, that that sometimes there's not real good clarity, depending on how far you away from the station. But anyhow, uh, we are grateful that you tuned in this this morning. So, David, I. We've been talking, and you know, yes. it's very interesting when you study the scriptures, the number of names or titles right. that are given to Jesus. Yeah. Now, I, last year we did a special program, I think yeah. one or two programs, on the titles of God in the Old Testament. Remember, Elohim, Jehovah yes. Jireh, Jehovah yeah. Nisi, and all of these had special meaning. But when you come to the New Testament, you'll find out, of course, that our Lord, Jesus, has many different names and titles. And I thought we'd launch into this and look at this. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's pretty amazing because each one describes something about him, an attribute, a characteristic. But just think about it. You know, a couple of weeks we're going to be celebrating Easter. And this man, you know, <laughs> he lived to be 80, 30, 33 years old in a very small corner of the world, yeah. which was back then was the Galilee of the north province of uh, Israel, which was a small country under the heel of the Roman Empire. But he influenced... 2,000 years later, yeah. 2.5 billion people on this planet. Absolutely. And who has these kind of titles and names ascribed to him? Not kings, not mm -hmm. generals or rulers, but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I yeah. thought we'd launch right into that and look at and then maybe take apart each title or name that he has oh, sure. and uh, go from there. Right. So, David, why don't you just start it out? and Well, well yeah, I, I think it's important that we understand that Jesus didn't get his name from his parents or any other family member. Uh, his name did not come from a book of baby names, but it was bestowed by the name of Jesus on his son. God bestowed the name of Jesus on his son before he was conceived. So if you look at Luke 1, 31, John, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And, you know, with these, uh, just these three verses, they show us several things about the child that Mary would give birth to. The child would be conceived by the Holy Spirit, number one. Uh, two, Mary would give birth to a son. Uh, his name would be Jesus. Fourth, he would be great and called the Son of the Most High. Fifth, he would reign on the throne. And sixth, his kingdom will never wow. end. All that in just two All verses. All that in just a couple of verses right there. Wow. So, like, I think you bring out a good point, David, that uh, his parents, that is to say uh -huh. his earthly mother, Mary, and his stepfather, Joseph, because, of course, his heavenly father is his true yeah. father, but uh, they did not give him the name. It was mm -hmm. given to them to give the name. And, of course... Jesus uh, is from the Hebrew Yeshua, yes. which means God saves or saves from our sins. And I like the fact that you pointed out that just in these two verses, yeah. you see he will be called uh, Jesus, 
uh, he will be called the son of the highest. Mm -hmm. In other words, he's the son of God. Well, and the Lord God will give him a throne. Now we see this royal language that he's yes. a king yeah. of his father, David. Therefore, one of the things we're going to look at later, he's called the son of David. Yes. See, he's called yes. the son of God. Right. He's called the son of man. Uh -huh. He's called the son of David. And he's got all these titles ascribed to him. And each title has a certain implication or meaning. I just want to give out one more time, David, that people are listening. Yeah. Uh, if there's any static, uh, please just go to www.wnzn. Dot com. That's www.wnzn.com. Oh, and uh, that's 89.1 FM radio coming to you. And this is out of Lorain, Ohio. You were going to say, David? Yeah. So, you know, Jan, you brought this up um, in Hebrew. Um, Yahshua, it means Yahweh saves or uh, Jehovah's salvation. Mm -hmm. Yahweh is, is Jesus in the flesh who came to save us from our sins. But then isn't the name translated in the Old Testament is Joshua? Joshua, yeah, yeah, Joshua. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so, okay. Um, so, I, I, how come it's Joshua like that? How, how do they, why do they That's translate? Hebrew. Okay. And this is the Greek rendition. You see, it, it's it. just how the it was translated. But uh, it would be like my name would be um, Johan, but it's John. Or in, in Spanish, yeah. Uh, James would be mm -hmm. Diego, I think. Okay. Uh, am I right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Joseph would be Jose. Right. It's still the same name. Yeah. But just as it goes through. Okay. Uh, I didn't know language. if there was an additional meaning in the Old Testament, but no. Okay. So you answered that. So so as we move along, David, I mean, I'm just going to go take a couple of the, yeah. the his titles that start with the number A. We don't have to go like this, but no. it just finds it interesting. One is he's called... Um, is the Almighty. Now, yes. that's a very important point. You see this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Right. It says this. Uh, John sees him coming. You know, John has this vision to get the book of Revelation. And he says in verse 7, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, uh, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. And then Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, yes. the beginning and the end who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Yes. So again, mm -hmm. in this one verse, he's saying he's the Alpha Omega. Well, that comes from Isaiah 41. 4. It's, it speaks of God. Yes. In other words, he has yeah. no beginning, no end. Jesus is taking this. He says, then he says, who is, who was, and who is to come. This is the great I Am. Yes. You see, he's past, yeah. present, and is to come. Mm -hmm. And then he calls himself the Almighty. Yes. That's all language of deity. So that's just one of the first titles we just looked at what now? Three verses. Easily, yeah. And you see all of this titling yeah. is coming through. Yeah. And so, John, how can people miss the fact? So, Jesus isn't a random name. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, affirmation that Jesus is our Savior, but then a reminder that Jesus is God in the flesh. Yes. How, how, how do people miss this? Well, I think I take it to my own life. I mean, how yeah. did I miss it? One reason I missed it, I just simply didn't read the Bible. Yeah. I had nobody that instructed me in the Bible. I was not filled mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible. You know, you go out, I mean, with Easter coming up, or let's yeah. say Christmas was just, what, two months ago? Right. If you would go on the street and interview people, what does Christmas mean and exactly? Yeah. They would have a hard time Well, God right. came in the flesh, incarnate. Some would. The same thing with the resurrection. Can you can you tell us what Easter is all mm -hmm. about? They might talk about we get dressed up with the Easter bunny or we, we have these colored eggs or something, but they don't understand mm -hmm. what it means that this person, you yes. know, the God came into the human condition and in the process 
what we're talking about today is all these names and titles, but each one has significance. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Yeah. Once you get in it, maybe you can just show us a couple that you have. Well, you know, the, the thing that you just said, the, the thing that, um, that really is important is that God wrapped himself up in flesh right. and became human as he was born through a human. Just to think that he yeah, did right. that to the save us. I mean, so, yeah, it, it's just unbelievable what he went through to, uh, to the, save us and redeem us. Right. The word became flesh and, yeah. and dwelt amongst us. Yeah. Another title he's going to go, I mean, uh, there's so many. There but are. I mean, yeah. He, he is called the bridegroom. You'll see this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 15. I'm jumping yeah. a little bit. No, no that's that fine. Yeah, I was looking at that one too. Matthew. Chapter 9, verse 15. And one reason this is important, um, this is where our Lord says, uh, then the disciples of John came to him saying, yeah. why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And he says, Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the day will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So here he's equated himself. The bridegroom is now with you. Yeah. That's why we're not doing heavy-duty fasting and all this. But once the bridegroom is taken away, then you will pray and fast. So he's saying he's the bridegroom. Well, this is so significant is in the Old Testament, God was often the husband of Israel. Mm -hmm. You'll see this throughout. Yeah. And the, Israel goes after other idols and right. goes commits spiritual adultery. You right. see this played uh -huh. out in the book of Hosea. Right. But then when you come to the New Testament, you see this relationship of Jesus as the bridegroom to the church, which is the bride. Right. And all of the, the book, the New Testament, time itself moves to the end of the age where there's going to be this great marriage supper in the in, of the Lamb in heaven and the bridegroom is going to greet the bride and it's going to be up there at that great marriage supper so once you see these titles yeah. and you figure okay where does that come from in the old testament where is that coming from in the new testament and then we can start uh, understanding this better yeah well you know i, I think there what are there about over 198 names and titles for jesus in the bible yes easily. um you, you know so easily but I, I guess the one thing I wanted to mention is Jesus is a name and not one of his titles, but we sometimes will combine it with a title such as Jesus Christ, right. where Jesus is the name and Christ is the title. So um, the other one that I like is uh, the bread of life. Oh, yeah. If you look at John 6.35, mm -hmm. and, and this is so important for our salvation, right, John? Oh, yeah. Um, so we're looking at uh, verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Right. So he's fulfilling here. Yeah. Um, is man's two greatest needs is, is, is food and mm -hmm. water. Yeah. Remember in the old days when yeah. they would throw somebody in solitary confinement? Right. They would just give him what? Bread and, and water. water. Yeah. So here Jesus is saying... I am your basic spiritual necessity, bread and water. You have to have these two things. And he's saying, that's me. Yeah. So here's the thing, David. Yeah. Everybody born in this world is spiritually hungry. Right. We have this mm -hmm. hunger within us. Uh, St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they find their rest in thee. We know there's more to life than this. 
Well, those are spiritual yearnings. Well, yeah. here Jesus says, I can fill that. Right. I can give you the food right. that you don't have to get hungry. <clears throat> I can give you water that you won't thirst again. So these two elements, bread and water, you'll see continually uh, throughout the New Testament. Is he's yeah. Once you have him, you won't go yeah. looking for other bread and water. You know, yeah. um, I kind of it's akin to me growing up with my grandmother, who the first thing, and this is kind of how Jesus did some of the miracles. We talked when we did the show on miracles. We talked about how he fed the five thousand. Yes. And he feeds you first, and then he puts the word indeed to build your spirit. Often, um, yeah. And so my grandmother, you know, this is just, uh, you know, uh, love for your grandmother. But I remember my grandma Situ would feed me first, not talk to me, and, you know, make me this great, great food, Middle Eastern food, wh whatever I wanted that she had. And then she would start talking to me. Yeah, right. And it just really, there, that created such a strong connection. Because he's fulfilling all your needs. Whatever yeah, right. your needs are, right. you will be fulfilled. You don't have to go to drugs. You don't have to go to addictions with alcohol or pornography or whatever it is. Um, or focused on fame. Because he fills you fully. Yeah, exactly you will right. never thirst again. How many people do we know that get to the top of the podium and end up committing suicide? Yeah, right, right. There's nothing Th the, the There's world. nothing like no. it. Yeah. And, and he'll bless us. I mean, right. you could achieve celebrity or wealth right. or influence. Yeah. Yes, he will. But the key is he he, he fulfills those deepest longings. And, yes, And he that's does. why so many people, I mean, I was like this, you're looking here, you're looking mm -hmm. there. And what yeah. about this? And like yeah. you said, what about alcohol or drugs or people go over here or they escape over this way mm -hmm. and get into these weirded out uh, belief systems yes. and, and superstition and occult? None of that can fulfill, you know, what Jesus wants to fill you with. You know, right. himself. You know, right. he could. You could be uh, actually. You know, just enjoying that life that he is uh, giving but, to us. And John, um, th this is really important though, because uh, you know, in your life, mm -hmm. when you know everything you were doing, and then you became a missionary, mm -hmm. you're one of the happiest people I know. Mm. And so, <clears throat> and you always seem at equilibrium, even if there's stuff going on. Sure. That's important for the audience to understand because when you're centered on Christ and he is the bread of life, he is the almighty one, the alpha, the omega, the beloved son of God. Um, when you take him as your Lord and Savior, your life will change. We're giving you a bunch of names so you see his character traits and you understand pure and simply that he is the son of God. Exactly. Who became flesh to save us. If you get that portion mm -hmm. that he's not just a prophet a great prophet and you focus on that piece your life will change immediately and i hope we hope by giving you some of these words and taking you to scripture that you'll see uh the importance of it oh yeah in and your then, own then, life then you'll here's the thing yeah he not only gives you a life here right you know it says in john chapter 10 verse 10 jesus says the enemy mm -hmm. comes to rob kill and destroy you now, that's the enemy of Satan. What's he right. want to rob? He wants to rob your happiness, your peace. Mm -hmm. What's he wants to destroy? A marriage, your mind through drugs, right. all kinds. But in the same verse, Jesus says, but I come that you might have life, salvation, right. and life more <clears throat> abundantly. Right. You know, yeah. and you have peace and purpose and direction and power and meet all these kinds of people that are brothers yeah. and sisters in Christ. Right. You see, and, and know what it means to pray and see answers to prayer. And then when you mm -hmm. die... Yeah. The best is yet to come. Right. That's why it says in the scripture, I have not seen nor ear heard, 
nor entered into the heart of man what great things the Lord has prepared for those that love him. So it's a win-win. You know, it is. And um, the other thing is, so I was at a men's retreat, and they had this assistant uh, coach from the New England Patriots there. He also coached for the Browns. And uh, the one thing he said um, is the players always come up to him and ask him, where do you get your juice from? Really? Because he's positive. He's, you know, he walks them through their problems. He said, from Jesus Christ, who's my Lord and Savior. And it, it, watching your behavior uh, and your mannerisms, and I see you every week mm-hmm. pretty much without fail um, uh, because of the show and because of some of the other stuff we're doing together, uh, the, the Bible studies and everything else. And I just see how you're at equilibrium all the time. And I know it's because you're centered on Christ. So. That's why I, I wanted to run for it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to run down that same path with sure. you and be taught. My family is learning about Christ and being taught, and they're so much better off for it. Oh, yeah. So much better off. So I, I, I think uh, the goal of today for me is when I'm going through all these names, it just impresses upon me from the time of Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 where the, the sin occurred, God immediately figured out a path to bring us back, uh, to redeem us and give us eternal life. And all through the Bible, that's when you you see all these different names. It's all through the Bible, yeah, all right. the New Testament. He's right. telling us, this is my son. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. This is my son. But anyway, I don't want to get off no. on a tangent, but it's so important. I think you're right, David. And, and uh, you know, every day is a day of salvation. Right. You know, and, yeah. I, and I was saying the other day, if, if you're 50 years old, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that means you've had, you've been on this planet. Right. Let me see. Five, two, two, three is uh, 15. 18,250 days. Yeah. 18,000. You woke yeah, up yeah. and had a chance to accept Christ right. as your Lord. Do you think God is patient? Yeah. You think he's merciful? Oh, yeah. 18,000 days. Right. 18,250 days. If you're a listener and you're 50 years old. Right. Think of that. Right. Every day. He's the- long suffering. He's merciful. Today is the day of salvation. You know, and people don't put it Do off. Do it. Don't, don't put, put it, it off. off. John, we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. Look what's you going know, on in the world. I know. And, you know, and, and the best thing you can leave behind, it's always nice to leave some kind of wealth for your family yeah. so they're in good shape. But the best thing you can leave behind is your belief in Jesus Christ. Your legacy. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Because it's going to help them through any storm they're going to have. We talked about the miracles, but we kept bringing back the, the fact that Jesus wants us through the miracles to see that he's the son of God, but he also wants us, he gave us examples of the prophets walking with him, you know, Peter on the boat, Peter walking on the water, uh, all these things so that he's telling you, I'll be there in the storm. I'm not panicked. You know, I was asleep in the boat and these guys are waking me up. These fishermen, quote unquote, are scared and I'm sleeping in the boat. Don't you think that they would have kind of assimilated my behavior? No. So I'm giving you these things so that you will learn and you will know I'm even with you during those storms. Exactly right. So th- all these names tie in to point to the obvious point. He is not just a prophet. Yeah, right. So anyway, that's important. Yeah. Another name for him, of course, maybe the main name, what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, yep. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So there you have his name. What is the Word? Yes, Okay, the logos. Yeah. And then it w- very clearly says he he's with God, that's his father, but he is God. Yes. So that's the big title 
uh, when you look at the names, he is God. And there's, I mean, um, many people have a hard time accepting that. Right. But that's what the Bible is putting forward uh, very clearly that Jesus is indeed uh, God. You know, yeah. and, and you cannot, uh, there's no way to really wiggle around that. No. Uh, let me, here's what it says in 1 Timothy 3.16. Yeah. Kind of easy to remember 3.16. But it says, um, okay. And without controversy, this is a great mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. There it is. Well, when was God manifested in the flesh? We call that Christmas, the incarnation, right? Justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles, believed in the world, and received up his ascension into glory. Wow. But there it is. You know, it, it'll say in um, Colossians, he's the expressed image of God. Um, there's no... Uh, that uh, Hebrews uh, also says a similar thing. So yeah. point being that um, you start with these titles, right? You know, mm -hmm. he's God right. come in the flesh. He's yeah. the Word of God made flesh. He is. Uh, I'll tell mm -hmm. you, even in John, you'll see where he says, "Destroy this temple, and I'll raise it up in three days." Yeah. And they go, "But the temple, the temple was so important, in Jerusalem, because that's where God inhabited." Right. But Jesus is talking about his own body. Yep. He is God in the flesh. Yeah. See? So there you have another one, temple. Yeah. There, temple. There it is, yeah. And um, so, you know, I, I, was just, uh, I, I was just thinking about what you just said. Um, I lost my chain of thought, so go ahead. Okay, Sorry. so no, no problem. <laughs> yeah. so then, oh, no, I got it back. Sorry. Okay, no problem. Um, so when you were talking about, um, you know, I always thought that God, I know Jesus is God, yes. but... I, I always thought as a kid that God created the universe. Mm -hmm. It was Jesus that mm -hmm. created the universe. That's what the Bible says. Yes. And so I never knew that till you and I started getting into it a few years ago. It became clear to me. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people miss that point. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. remember, there's three in one. So it's, yeah. they all have their own role, they're all individuals. Um, it, it's, it's like going to a house and having, you know, the husband and wife and Jesus yeah. is part of the strand. They're all independent. It says that in John but one. chapter 1, verse yeah. 3. All things were made through him, all things, mm -hmm. and without him nothing was made that was made. So there right. you see it. Yeah. He can't be a created being. Right. You know, he can't be an angel no. or something like this. No. So, again, there's one more title. You know, he's yeah. the creator. Yeah. And so... You, you, know the one, you know the one I like? Um, and... Uh, uh, chief cornerstone. Oh yeah. Uh, Psalm 118. Uh, we I think it's verse 22. It says the stones, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Oh yeah. The Lord has done this, and it, it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this uh, very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. So that is so important. Um, yeah. I mean, he was rejected by his own people, but he is the cornerstone. He is the foundation for. Uh, for us to get through any trials yep. and for us to hang our hat on. And if you build, that's why, you know, you see that uh, story in the Bible where the man built his house on sand and the other one built it on stone. And you know the, the story where the guy that built it on sand is his house was crushed with the storm and then the other guy survived. It's simple, but it is important to understand that. And, and that's really what you do when you take being centered on yourself and material goals to being centered on Christ. Right. You, it, it's like going from the sand to the cornerstone and that rock. Yeah, it It's holds. that simple. I mean, yeah. that's what I found. I was getting crushed and I didn't even know it. Here's what Peter you know? says on yeah. that cornerstone, right. and that, that idea of a stone. Right. It says, okay, you, believers, 
coming to him, Jesus, right. as to a living stone. He's not just a stone or a corner. Mm -hmm. He's a living stone, mm -hmm. okay? Rejected indeed by men. He's still rejected today by men. But yes, chosen by God and precious. You also, believers, as living. Now, we're little living stones because we're plugged in, okay? Are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it also said in the scripture, Old Testament, mm -hmm. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes in him will be by no means put to shame. Right. And then it goes on to say, Therefore, to who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now look at this. Yeah. He was rejected right. 2,000 years ago. Remember the, the scribes and the Pharisees? Uh -huh. People want to kill him. They crucified him. But look at today, around the world, he is, he is, he's not going anywhere. You know, he's, he is the chief cornerstone. He's unshakable. His church is unshakable. And that's why people, we're in a shaky world today. I'm just telling you straight <laughs> up. And you look in any direction, come out of COVID, yeah. you come and look at politics, Absolutely. look at economy, look at yeah. schooling, now look at the world situation. Oh, I know, I know. The potential uh -huh. war in Europe. Yep. We're in a shaky world. We are. Well, the cornerstone doesn't shake, right. is my point. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, that's why it's so important to have times like this to discuss the Bible mm -hmm. and the names of mm -hmm. Jesus and titles because it brings us back to like get out of the world for a little bit and anchor our faith and reassure one another, hey, you know, no matter what happens in this world, this isn't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. And John, how do we feel with everything you just said? I'll tell you how I feel. I'm very upset with mm -hmm. what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm very upset with the tyranny I've seen in these different countries, sure. but I'm still calm. Yeah because of my faith, yes. because I, I know that Christ is on the throne and he's in charge. We, we don't have the answers to why this is all happening, but I trust him. And I know that by being centered on him and centering my family on him and surrounding myself with people like John and Marie Murtha and their families and kids and uh, my other good Christian friends, uh, that I'm comforted. Yeah, right. So I guess the best thing that I can tell you is it's kind of like you have your own armor up, right? And, yes. and we do, we are given armor from God, from Jesus. We're actually putting Jesus in front, I believe, is the, the way to look at uh -huh. it. But it gives you comfort regardless of what's going on around you. So the first thing you don't have to do is reach for a bottle of vodka yeah, or, right. a, or a smoke on some, or you know, whatever, right, whatever yeah. it is, because it is troubling. Uh, we're not saying we're not troubled as Christians. We are saying that he's our cornerstone and we believe in him and trust him uh, to get us through this. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus in a said, positive way. Yeah. Uh, in this world, you will have tribulation, right. but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He he created it. He holds it in his, together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's in charge. Yes. And, and we can take refuge in that. He's right. our ref. That's another name he has. Right. His refuge. Right. But uh, we can yeah. take uh, a heart in that, the fact that he's calling us to himself. Yes. Like you say, David. Yeah. Now, another one that he is called is uh, the good shepherd. Now, I like the that shepherd, one. Yeah, yeah look that's at John really chapter good. 11, yeah. John chapter 10. Right. Uh, this is an important one because. That's a good one. He says um, here, and, and shepherd was a big occupation back then. If you think way at the beginning in Genesis, Abel was a shepherd. Abraham is a shepherd. Isaac, Jacob. Uh, uh, David was a mm -hmm. shepherd when he's a young man. Yeah. So that idea of a theme as a shepherd, and of course Jesus calls himself. I mean, um, chapter ten 
of the Gospel of John. Yeah, he will say this. Verse 11. Uh, yeah, if you want to read that. Dan. Sure. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The, yeah, I like 12 too. The yeah, hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Right. Yeah. And then if you keep reading, uh -huh. um, look at uh, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That's key. Yes. Because once you become a believer, you know. You yeah. know. Oh, yeah. It's not, I think I know, or my parents told me I should believe this. You know that it's true. Yes. And you hear his voice in his word. So there we see this idea of shepherd. Mm -hmm. uh, he, it's the shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. That's mm -hmm. very important. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of like, John, when you first taught me, you, you brought up the good shepherd uh, and I never really understood the, uh, the similarity with Christ. And you explained it this way. You said, you know, he has a staff, mm -hmm. uh, so he's there to help protect the sheep, like we saw from the wolf. But he also will lock the sheep uh, into this fenced-in area yeah, right. at night, and he sat in front of the door. Right, right. And that was really impressed upon me about just what the efforts the shepherd would go through to secure the safety of his sheep. Yeah, exactly. And there right. was only one door in for those sheep. They're not going to be like horse or, uh, you know, bulls where they're going to break through. The, they don't have the ability to break out of the fence. they got to go through the door. got to go through the door. And, and that's and, us. And he, that's his protection. Right. That's because, us. Uh, it's right. like somebody says, you ever hear the expression, over my dead body? Yes. Well, uh -huh. for, a, for a wolf to get in or somebody to get at the yeah. sheep, he'd literally have to go over the body through Jesus. And, right. But he says something interesting again. He says... In verse uh, 17. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. Right. Yeah. And see, he, this speaks of his resurrection. He says in verse 15, uh, if you read that one, David. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I laid down my life for the sheep. See that? He died for you. He died right. for me. Now, the key, wow, this shepherd is. thing is so important because when he gives the parable, the good shepherd, he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. I love that. It shows that. you the individual yeah. is very important. Yep. And uh, the good shepherd is willing to leave, risk, right. you know, and go looking in yeah. the caves and the dark right. places. But he, so he's looking for the one. Yeah, and you know, the other thing that is so important is, you know, you have always taught me, and you've taught my son now too, uh, Tristan, that you know, it's it's wonderful. You've got to know your faith so that you can do what Jesus commanded before he rose, which is create other disciples right. and be a light for others, which is how you live your life. And so that's impressed upon me. That's the importance, too, of understanding these names, of understanding what we're talking about, because once you have Christ as your cornerstone, your job then is to go and create other disciples. Right. It's You don't have to worry about making a 1,000 in a month. As you said, it could be just one individual that are, you're close to in work or, you know, a friend that is struggling, and you don't have to push Christ on them. Just give them your own testimony. Yeah, right. Like you taught me too. Right. And that has been really helpful because I, I still can't quote the Bible and give them a bunch of scripture, like sure. just punch it out like you can. But I, I tell them my story, and then I try and bring up the basics of how my life has been impacted by Jesus Christ. Well, you're the expert yeah. on what happened right. to you, David. There That's your testimony. That's right. Now, somebody yeah. could, 
yeah. ridicule, deny it, but yeah. they've heard, here's quite honestly, before I became a Christian uh-huh. uh, at age 27, if somebody would have genuinely sat me down and shared their testimony, right. I would have at least listened. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I didn't understand what it meant in John chapter 1, but as many as received him to them, he gave the power to become a child of God. And then in First Peter, it says, therefore, yeah. as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word so you can grow. I didn't even understand those basic principles. Oh, I didn't either. I, I didn't. I, I thought, well, I, I better quit doing this, and I better go to church, and I better do this, and I better... It, yeah. It wasn't about those. Yeah, those are important things, but the key is is to be born again and then to grow in your faith through the word of God and fellowship. Yes. Fellowship is really important. That's why you've got to be in a church... You know, um, I was at this men's breakfast and they were talking uh, last weekend and they were talking about how many people have fallen away from church. Uh-huh. It's just you can't do it. You need it more than ever. And it's OK to be online occasionally. And I know we had to do that through some of the early covid crisis. But if you're not in church, you're not getting the interactions with people. Right. Right. And and that's you know, that's the other thing you've impressed upon me. We're kind of doing our discipleship here today about what I've learned through you um, it's important to be with other people because they make you better especially the right people oh, yeah. it's and like you can't, you can't just child. be online and sitting in your kitchen you got you got to go it's like raising a yeah. child you have right. to raise that child in a family all the dynamics are there for growth and right. safety and stability so too once you come to Christ you belong to the family of God and, and the way the structure he's given us is the right. local church big church little church but you go to be fed the word of God to praise God to encourage one another, to be involved in outreach together, to send money to the ends of the earth for people to hear the gospel. Yeah. So there's all kinds of benefits. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, that's I'm so big on that because I've, I'm when I'm on the mission field, our whole mm-hmm. motto of, of our mission organization is reaching people, planting churches, reaching people, planting yes. churches. Yeah. End game. Right. And so the missionary can then back away. Yeah. And it's under national leadership. But, uh, you know, and John, uh, the other thing that has been clear, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking about Psalm 118.24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Right. What it, it When you have that attitude every day, and, and it's tough. I know it's tough. Um, you can't believe how things change for you, though, because other people see it. And God will bless you by having that attitude because he loves knowing you're grateful mm-hmm. for the day that you've been given. Oh, yeah. There's no other way to say it because he will bless you if you are, uh, you know, if you're sharing the light and, and if you're happy and rejoice in the fact you got today. There's no guarantees about tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you so, right. you know what? So we have to have that attitude. But anyway. No, you got that perfectly right. Because there, 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 there should be something attractive about a believer's life that's really looking. I always say, if you know somebody that has real joy, that's an attractive quality in the world today. Yeah. Because we live in a joyless world. If you see somebody that has really peace, they're at peace, that's attractive. Because we live in a world where you don't, people are coming at their wit's ends. Right. Now, here's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Kind of goes along with what you said, David. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. In other words, before you share your faith, be your faith. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a reason for everyone who asks the reason for for the hope that is in you. Well, why would somebody come up and ask you? Yep. Because just like that football player said, the coach, yeah. why do those guys in the locker yeah. room, what do they say? Where do you get Where do you get power? your juice from? Where do you get this juice yeah. from? Something was attractive about him, right? right? And they wanted to know. 
doesn't mean they accept it. They might have. It's created curiosity. He says, everyone who asks the reason for the hope that is in you, do it with meekness and respect for that person. Right. So there you have yeah. it. Yeah. What's inside you is going to be displayed. I don't care mm -hmm. if you're yeah. a coach, a right. janitor at a high school, a cook in a, in, a, mm -hmm. in a restaurant, an entrepreneur, a CEO. What is it about your life, my life, that might cause people to say, hey, what's going on? Why are you... Right. Why aren't you like everybody else and just getting on board with, you know, just take, you know, get a drink, get a pill, do this, do that. The world's a mess. You know, it, it's almost like uh, the uh, the fountain of youth is right in front of us. Yeah, right. Uh, but it, it's truly not just for your um, physical self. It's your spiritual self, you know, and you even brought that up at the Bible study last Sunday that you're teaching at Bay. Um and, uh, you know, you said you're focused on the spiritual side for growing yourself, regardless of how old you get, mm -hmm. because that's really the side that we're going to take up to heaven and we leave the physical self here, right? Right. Yeah. Everything we own, yeah. we leave. Right. Everything we are, we take. Now, right. one day we'll be reunited mm -hmm. with our body, but it's going to uh -huh. be a, uh, what's called a glorified body. It's similar to the body that Jesus has when he rose from the dead. Yeah. And John, I want to read this. This I, I wrote this down sure. uh, with some of the research we were doing. Jesus, a name above every other name. The name Jesus is above every name. There is no name on earth that is above the name of Jesus. There's no situation on earth that is above the name of Jesus. No matter how much we adore and admire famous people, including celebrities and authority figures, their names are not above the name of Jesus. Even demons have to bow down at the name of Jesus. Wow, that's really and, good. And we saw that with your WEC missionary yes. in Africa where she was telling us that there was demonic issues that in they were facing mm -hmm. and it's so prevalent out there from yes. what you've told me i've never been over there but um she ran into a demonic figure and uh she just kept saying uh in the blood of jesus in the blood of jesus and it it just kept getting reduced and it went away in the and name so of jesus, yeah right? in the name of jesus yeah so um you know it's so important even even the demons understand that so well, it, it's the only name by yeah. which we are saved. Right. Oh, there's no other name given under heaven uh -huh. that we might be saved. Mm -hmm. So you're saved by the name of Jesus. You pray in the name of Jesus. Yes. And also, it might be the last name you mention right. in your last breath. Yes. Am I right? Yes. But like you say, it's the power over the demonic. Because we're not coming in our own authority. Right. We're saying in the name of Jesus. And, and that's a very powerful thing. You know, that's being released. And um, we don't stand in our own power, but... When you think Jesus gave us the power of his name, it's like if you well, go somewhere overseas yeah. and the president here say, oh, David, by the way, when you go to Bangkok or you're going to be in Paris, yeah. use my name. Right. You remember? You'll yeah. Use your name. Yeah. yeah. So no doors are opening for you. Then you say, oh, so-and-so said, so-and-so said, I'll come out in. You see what I'm saying? There's power in that name. Well, how much more so the name of Jesus? And, you know, again, uh, we talked about uh, when you pray, uh, before you say amen, you say in the name of Jesus for your prayers. And the other thing, too, is sometimes I don't know what to pray. Yeah. And so I'll just say, Jesus, please help me yeah. with this. You know, tell me what I need to do, Jesus. And I got to tell you, you can't believe the things that start running into your head from the Holy Spirit when you pray that way because it opens up so many doors. It opens up so many doors you never could have opened on your own. It protects you and your family in your endeavors. Right. Uh, and it gets you through troubled spots in your life without get looking for the short-term fix of addiction. Yeah. You, that's a very it's, honest prayer. Yeah. 
Here's what it says in Romans chapter 8, to your point, David. Yeah. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us yeah. with groanings that cannot be heard. So there we see he's helping us, uh, you know, when we don't even know what to pray. Right. But that's an honest prayer when you pray, Lord, show me what I should pray for, or Lord, show me what I don't see in this situation. Yeah. You know, that's being very honest, you know, and, and God hears and answers prayer. But you're right. He is the key to open the treasures of God. He is. He is the key. You know, and uh, mm -hmm. the Bible clearly says we we have not because we ask not. Jan, what, what have you seen? I mean, with the missionaries, um, can you tell us like some of the, I guess, some of the miracles you have seen when you're praying in the name of Jesus? I mean, have you been accustomed to any? Um well, our main thing, what yeah. Paul says, is when we pray, he was always looking for an open door right. to share the gospel. Yeah. Now, where we see, because, again, in Thailand, people are yeah. taken up with spirits, yeah. and uh, you know they have little spirit houses, and right. they believe spirits are all over the place. And they can, they can help you or mm -hmm. do bad to you. Yeah. And they take care of these by giving them little offerings in the morning. You know, the little kids wear strings around their wrists to keep evil <laughs> spirits away. Boy. So what we want to see... Is people coming to faith in Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you believe in your heart uh -huh. that Jesus is risen from the dead and confess your mouth, right. Jesus Christ is Lord, you are saved. Once they come to know Jesus right. and they're strengthened and understand that greater is he that's in you, then they know the authority they have over the demonic powers. Ah, yes. That's where you see it visibly, right. David. Right. And you'll often notice when you go into their house, they've taken down little spirit shrines or they have these little... Um, uh, little metals and little uh, uh, uh -huh. um, figurines that they think protect them against spirits, right. and they get rid of that stuff because they don't uh, they don't need it anymore. Jesus is the end. That's same excellent. thing I see when I was in the Middle East in Israel. There, right. they have this thing called uh, to repel the evil eye. Oh, you ever see those? It's yes, like the blue stuff, and uh, uh, yeah, it's all I over am. the place. But they, but uh -huh. you don't need any of that stuff. No. That doesn't help when you have the name of Jesus. No, that's why it's so powerful to sing praises in the name of Jesus, you know, uh, that actually has extra power. Singing lifts your voice to God. Yes. So we don't have a whole lot longer on these names, but I do think for the listeners and everybody hearing this is just to consider these names of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, we just went through a couple. We'll go through a couple more in the next 10 minutes. But I mean, you know, he, he is called the, the chief shepherd. He's called, the, you know, the good shepherd. He equates himself with a good Samaritan. Um, He's, he's tied, I like this. He's called a friend of sinners. Yes. In Matthew chapter uh, 11, um, verse 19, it says this, uh, which the, the, the religious of his day weren't happy with this because yeah. they were actually attracted to him because he offered forgiveness. He accepted them as an individual. Uh, it says this in uh, 11, uh, 13. Let me see here. Um, yeah, where are you at, Chan? Matthew chapter 11, uh, no, verse 19. Oh, verse yes, yeah. chapter 19? Uh-huh. Okay. You got it? What verse? 19. Oh, Matthew 19? Uh-huh. No, no, Matthew 11. Okay, go ahead. You, all right, you read it then. The I'm Son sorry. of Man yeah. came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is just like... Those, they call him a friend of sinners. Yeah. Jesus, because they wanted... He, he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And these sinners were attracted to him. Man. Because everybody else pointed out their sin, mm -hmm. but he pointed out their salvation. Where they saw sin, he saw a soul. 
okay? And he saw somebody that God loved and that, that, that had an eternal destiny, and he wanted to see them reconciled to God. And it's, uh, it's a very powerful thing when you think yes. about it. What, what uh, Jesus offers us, this idea, he's, uh, he comes to seek and mm-hmm. to save. That's another one he will talk about there. He comes to seek and to save. But the idea that he's coming on the scene, he's, he's, the, he's called the light of the world. Now you think about that. He's the that's that's a name given to God in the Old Testament, yes. Psalm twenty-seven. Yeah, I love he's, that one. He's called the light of the world. Yeah. Why? Because we live in a darkened world. Yeah. We live in a darkened world. Yeah. And if we stumble because we're in the darkness, we stumble and we we trip over people. Yeah. And until you come to the light, then you can see. Well, we yeah. you know we should read that. That's John eight, uh, the light of the world, and uh-huh. and I really like that one too. And also. Yeah, yeah, read that one then. It's yeah, also a all right, John 8. Um, John 8, I think it's verse 12. Um, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, we, we just brought uh, one of our shows. We had that painter uh-huh. that did the throne room. And it just, sh- you know, we, we talk about what we read there in Revelations about the intense light. There's no sun. Yeah, the right. light is coming from God, from Jesus, from God the Father themselves. The, there is no sun over it. It's coming from them. Yeah, right. You know, and so th- th- this really fits well to that visual in Revelations yeah. on the throne You're room. in chapter 8. Yeah. Then just move over to chapter 9. And he says in verse 5, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, what does he do right after that in chapter 9? He opens a blind man's eyes. Hmm. So he receives natural light, and he's going to receive spiritual light. Yeah. See, here's what it says in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, here Jesus declares him to be light. And then further on in chapter 9, after he gives him his eyesight, Jesus, verse 37, says, And Jesus said to him, you have been, You've seen him, the Christ, and is he who's talking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. So at that point, he didn't only receive natural light as a blind man. He received spiritual light that Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. Yeah. You see how that works? Yeah. The Lord is wow. my light and my Savior. And so when Jesus takes these things, mm-hmm. these titles, and he applies them, you have to say, right. literally, he's a, like a lunatic. If this isn't <laughs> true, it's like me sitting here and telling you I'm Napoleon. Right. Or I'm Julius Caesar. Yeah. You think, okay, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Or you're yeah. taking drugs or something. But... For Jesus to take these claims, he's the good shepherd, he's the light of the world, he's the resurrection and the life, all of these titles, you know, what's going on here? But if it's true, he is owed all those titles. And nobody else that ever lived had that many titles. No kidding. And he's 33 years old. He only has a three-year window of, of ministry that we really know. And look what he did to the world, you know. But that also tells me about each of our lives, David. We do not know. Think about it. Once we come to Christ, he calls us, you are the light in the world now. You are lights because you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. One lit candle can go into a room full of unlit candles, light everyone, and go out and lose nothing of their own light. That's right. So we spend the balance of our years on this planet is going and trying to light lives. You know, show people the Word of God, share your testimony, encourage them to accept Christ, and that they become lights in the world. Because before you are, before you come to the light of the world, Jesus, you're walking in darkness. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. Amen clearly. to that. 
You're walking in darkness. You sure are. And then to have the light of God in you and then the word of God, which is called a lamp unto our feet and a light under our path, you can walk through this world. Yeah, and, you know, this all comes back. You know, when we pray or call in the name of Jesus, you know, heaven does respond. Yeah. And, and that's where the supernatural element comes in that we've been talking about. If, if you're getting up in the world and just think it's a material world, man, are you mistaken. That's you it. know, every day you're dealing with supernatural forces, uh, demonic, um, you know, the enemy. Uh, and that's the importance of having your armor with Christ. you got to have it, man, because you're going to be in the fight whether you want to be or not. You, got that, you right? can be a child. You can be a 90-year-old man or woman. Uh, you could be a father. It doesn't matter. So you really, this is important. We're not just trying to waste your time. We're, giving, we're trying to bring tools and we're trying to open up your minds to how to protect yourself yeah, right. and have a much better life. Yes, yes. And it, 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 not only this life, but the life to come. Look at that. Right. Every day, we're one day closer to our last day, yeah, right? I'm right. one day closer today. Yeah. You I, are from yesterday, right? Right. It's inevitable. It's oh, going to yeah. happen. So how do you prepare for that? You know, who, who has the best answer for what lies behind death's door? Well, there's only three major answers given throughout all of history. Basically, number one, nothing. And an atheist would basically say, nothing survives death. No personality, no soul. And it's like an atheist friend of mine said, it's like turning off a TV. <laughs> And it's it's just blank. It's blank. Okay. The Buddhist or the Hindu would say there's reincarnation. You're, You're going right. to keep coming back on this wheel of maybe as a human, maybe as an animal, until you can get off that wheel uh -huh. of karma. But the Christian faith says no. Hebrews 9.27, there's a point on the man once to die and then the judgment. So we know there's an afterlife. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? He says in another place, he says, if your right hand leads you astray, cut it off. Better to enter into paradise with one arm than to go into hell with both. He was speaking in hyperbole, you know, but necessarily very serious. The point is, he was talking about the afterlife. Here's what he says when he's going to raise Lazarus. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Mm -hmm. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. That is the most, you know, I was teaching in a village in northern Thailand. I told these people, the villagers. I said, if you're going to believe in somebody and put your life in their hands, believe in somebody whose title is the resurrection and the life. Right. He answers life's biggest mystery, right. biggest fear, biggest inevitability. Yes. Nobody gets out of this thing alive. Am I right? Yeah. And, and we don't know about tomorrow, you know. But if you know Jesus, you know that this is just this, this time we spent on earth was just a, about 20 seconds. You, you know, um, I just started thinking while you were talking, you know, I mean, how many... Life is so fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we, we did that visual, or, or you showed me that, that one video where this guy had this long rope. Yeah, right. It was a thick rope. It almost looked like a shipping rope, right? Right. Uh, to tie your boat up with. And, and it went out into the other rooms and in a back room. Yeah. Uh, and then at the top of the rope, the rope was all white, but there was this short end that kind of had like red wax on it. Yes. And he basically said that this is your life here on earth. Right. The rest is eternity. Wouldn't you want to receive that? Oh, well, yeah. Look at it, it goes forever. But in a blink of an eye, man, it could be over. It's and, like this day. Yeah. Let's say you're on a beach. Right. And you lick your thumb. Right. And you put it down in the sand and yeah. pick it up. You see those grains of sand on right. your thumb? Yeah. Maybe you got 70, maybe 80, maybe 90, maybe 100. 
But look at the beach. How right. much sand? Right. There's your life. Right. Those each of those little grains right. of sand is the years in your life compared to the whole beach, which is That's eternity. Right. That's right. See, it's just yeah. a small little, you know, just yeah. these little years. I mean, me, I'm 73. You know, my life just, you know, it's just moving. But it I'm is. very I, happy. Oh yeah. Because yeah, it doesn't matter if you're 13 or 23 or 53 or 99. If you know Christ, he's the resurrection and the life. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you got a life here that he's certainly enriched, and you got a, a, a future and a life to come. And that's why I've encouraged people. You know, we're going to be picking up on this again in the coming weeks, Dave, because we just really, I think maybe we hit 10 titles of names yeah, of Jesus. Yeah, that's about it. We're going yeah. to pick some more of these up. we got a couple minutes left. And then I want to have some guests that are coming in from literally around the world. Yes. And I'm going to show how they came to Christ through really bad situations, you know, drugs, oh, yeah. uh, cultic activity, witchcraft, and how God is using their lives today to spread the message. Absolutely. And I want people to hear that because... Uh, I hope you we know. can get Raymond on the show in the next week or two from Thailand. Oh, for sure. That would be incredible. Yeah. So uh, anyone listening, you know, to this program, I mean, we're kind of all in different places today, but like once you do a Google search of the names of titles of Jesus, it's like loaded. Oh, my and gosh. And you have to yeah. ask yourself... Why does this man, he wasn't a king yeah. of some uh, kingdom. Yeah. He wasn't a general that led armies or a great author that wrote books. He's this guy that lived in Galilee, you know, and he gets 12 men around him, <laughs> and he dies like one of the worst deaths possible ever invented by man on a cross. Yes. His suffering lasted six hours on that cross. Yes. But yet, 2,000 years later, people are obsessed with him. Drunkards become sober and immoral people can become pure. Right. And drug addicted people are set free of the bondage of drugs. And people with no purpose in their life all of a sudden have direction. Not only direction, but they have power. And God puts us together with other people. Like you were just at that men's yeah. retreat last yeah. week. Yeah. All these people you didn't know. know, now you know, right. in a sense, to a degree. Because I always say this. If we have the same father, mm -hmm. that means we are brothers and sisters. Right? We're siblings. Well, if you come to Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit, you are now a child of God. If you don't, before you accept him, you are not a child of God. People have to understand that. You're a creation of God, but you're not a child of God. Yeah. And that's why Jesus says you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit of God. And then you enter this whole new life experience. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And, and John, so that's a prayer that you can say, um, and, and you do have to take Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Um, you know, I, I wonder if we should just end with that. Yeah. Does that mean, just because you brought it up, you know, how do you do that? So why don't we, do you have that prayer in front of you? Or No, no, I can lead, I can lead people in the prayer. Okay, sure. go ahead. Let's do that. Um, yeah. A couple things to remember, A, B, C. Yeah. Admit you're a sinner. You know, that's mm -hmm. a big thing. You will not look for a Savior if you don't think you're a sinner. Any more than if a man doesn't know he's drowning, he's not going to look for a lifeguard. Matter of fact, he'll fight the lifeguard off. But if you know you're drowning, you're going to cling to a, a lifeguard. Well, if, if you admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior, then this A, that's A, accept the fact you're a sinner. B, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For that's God right. so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's, that's Believe means put your full trust in him. And number three, confess. The Bible clearly says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He died on the cross for you and for me and David, and he rose from the dead 
to empower us through his Holy Spirit. So if you're interested and God touched you this morning, I will pray this prayer and you can pray it after me. And uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us. Truly, this is the day you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of, of, of any standard that you have set, uh, breaking your commandments and grieving you and being far away from you like the prodigal. But Lord, I admit I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to take the penalty for my sin. Uh, my sin was placed upon him that I might become the righteousness of God. So, Lord, I do confess, I do receive, I do believe the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now I pray and ask you to give me the Holy Spirit within my heart to live a brand new life that is pleasing to you. Help me, Lord, to turn my back on my old ways and to seek the new ways, a path of life in good fellowship at a church, with Christian friends, with starting to read the gospel and the Bible, particularly the gospel of John, and to seek you daily in prayer. I do thank you, Lord, that it's... As simple as that, Lord, is to admit I'm a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ has come into the world to save sinners, of whom I am one, and then I will confess you before others that I do believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead, and that in believing I might have that brand new life. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, that's what it, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost when the, Peter gives a sermon and they say, what must you do to be saved? Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But I do encourage you to continue to listen to radio. I would encourage you, if you're a new believer, to start praying daily and read the Gospel of John and seek out other believers, and particularly at church. And God bless you as we go into this Easter season. Well, thanks again, David, Yes, for being part of everything. Yes. And, uh, God bless you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.